the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm honored. Today is Monday, July the 19th, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Today on July 19, 1969, Apollo 11 and its astronauts, Neil Armstrong, Edwin Buzz Aldrin, and Michael Collins, they went into orbit around the moon. Today, 1943, Allied Air Forces raided Rome during World War II. The same day, today, 1943, Adolf Hitler and Benito Mussolini were meeting in northern Italy, plotting out their plan to take over the world. Today, in 1961, TWA became the first airline to begin showing regularly scheduled in-flight movies. <clears throat> it was a flight from, I think it was a flight from L.A. to New York, I think I read that somewhere. But anyway, it started today, 1961. Today, in 1993, President Bill Clinton announced a policy allowing homosexuals to serve in the military under a compromise. The compromise was called Don't Ask, Don't Tell, Don't Pursue. Today, in 2005, President George W. Bush announced his choice of federal appeals court judge John G. Roberts, Jr., to replace Supreme Court Justice Sandra Day O'Connor. Roberts, though, ended up succeeding Chief Justice William Rehnquist. He died in September of 2005. Samuel Alito actually followed O'Connor. John G. Roberts, the now the Chief Justice, has been a tremendous disappointment to many conservatives, including myself. He just was not, or is not, who he appeared to be. Five years ago today, Republicans meeting in Cleveland nominated Donald Trump as their presidential stand, standard bearer. In brief, but videotaped remarks that was played endlessly, Trump thanked the delegates saying, this is a movement, but we have to go all the way. One year ago today, President Donald Trump refused to publicly commit to accepting the results of the upcoming election. Chris Wallace was trying to grill him. Chris Wallace is also a profound disappointment to me. In fact, I avoid him at all costs. I don't even want to hear what he has to say, because if I want to hear the left-wing um, talking points, I can just go to MSNBC and CNN. Why listen to it on Fox News? That's At least that's the conclusion that I've come to. But anyway, Chris Wallace was on there pretending to be his father, which he is not. But he was on there grilling and grilling and grilling. And finally, Trump just said, you know, I don't know. We'll have to see, see what happens. Typically, Trump. And um, Trump said it's way too early to make any kind of a guarantee. He said there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes regarding election procedures. And he said, I'm not making any commitments. That was one year ago today. And one year ago today, the U.S. House Democrats said they were alarmed by the tactics used by federal agents against protesters in Portland, Oregon, and other cities. But they mostly focused on 
Portland because Portland had become a disaster zone because of no leadership. The mayor agreed with the House Democrats, of course, saying yes, he too was very disappointed in the federal agents that had been sent in to try to bring some kind of order to a city out of control, ruled, of course, or led by the left. Cities that are led by leftist mayors almost always end up in tragedy. We've seen that again and again over history, and more recently we've seen it right here in the Northwest. Can you say Seattle or Portland? Interesting uh, story on WJW TV in North Carolina. (laughs) They ran a story this morning telling local people to be on the lookout, be watching for, in a good way, they said, watching for public health officials. They're going door to door with little, uh, you know, like toolkits of COVID-19 vaccine. They knock on your door and they call this program. They just launched it this morning. And they call this program Doses to Doors. (laughs) And uh, so the TV station is telling them in Mecklenburg County, the public health department is offering COVID-19 vaccinations on demand in neighborhoods across the county. And residents should be on the lookout for the mobile vaccination unit coming to your door this morning. Governor Henry McMaster, he's the... uh, the governor in South Carolina, their neighbor next door, state, he's fought against this idea. I guess some people in in his state were trying to do that as well, but he's not in. He says this program is nothing more than enticing, coercing, and intimidated, intimidating. And he said we're not going to have that in our state in South Carolina. But in North Carolina, they seem to be all in. Interesting news story that's out there being discussed today is that the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, NATO, of which the United States is part, they announced this morning that they are accusing, formally accusing China of being irresponsible and destabilizing in regards to their cyberspace activity. They put this out, the NATO put this out this morning. President Joe Biden's administration is saying that it's it is highly confident that the attack against Microsoft Exchange's email service in March came about because of malicious cyber actors affiliated with China's Ministry of State Security, MSS. Everybody on the planet has almost known this, but at least Joe Biden finally got to the point where he would admit it out loud. The administration also believes that contrary to recent attacks originating in Russia, Russia or China has contract hackers that work actually work directly for the government, suggesting that the hackers in Russia don't work directly for the government, but they're on their own. They're kind of an enterprise unrelated to the government. I can promise you, I'm not an expert, but I know a few things. I can promise you, These hackers working in Russia would not hack one thing if it wasn't approved by Putin, just flat out. So he's approving the work. It doesn't matter how how it's structured. He's approving it, just like China's approving it. 
The United States said this morning the United States is deeply concerned about the PRC, People's Republic of China. It's the Communist Party of China, actually. But our country is deeply concerned about it. Uh, The contract hackers who also conduct unsanctioned cyber operations worldwide, including for their own personal profit. Do you ever find it interesting? I do. Maybe I'm the only one. But do you ever find it interesting that the left always overstates the obvious, trying to look like they're leading when they're following? I find that to be consistent. It doesn't matter what the subject is. It doesn't matter what the topic is. The left always will forcefully announce something that everybody already knows. And it's as though they've find, they've had a moment of enlightenment. And that's it. That's the, my takeaway. And maybe it's just me, but that's my takeaway of this thing this morning. They're making a big deal out of it. They're announcing it all over the world and everything. And I, I don't mean to be critical of our government, but good grief. They're announcing this as though it's some kind of a breaking news that did you know that China is hacking Microsoft or whatever? Of course they are. They're doing everything else. They're building islands in the South China Sea and they're taking over land that isn't theirs. And Australia's trying to stand up to them. And the United States was backing Australia under the Trump administration. Now they're they're on their own. Biden is out. I mean, China's doing a lot of things. They've been infiltrating our college campuses for years in these Confucius Institutes that University of Washington and other schools were gladly taking their money and their teachers and their curriculum and all of this kind of stuff. High schools as well, all across the country, but not excluding the Northwest, particularly Washington State, but Oregon as well. This MSS is a tight-lipped civilian intelligence agency. The U.S. said they want to raise concerns. They need to take action. They don't need to raise concerns. Many of us have been concerned about it for a very long time. We need to take action. We need a, a government and we need leadership that will actually lead somewhere except toward communism and Marxism and socialism. And that isn't happening in our country. It's very sad, but thank God America has an election. And yes, it's under scrutiny. Arizona is, the conservatives in Arizona are doing their best to try to bring about some kind of understanding and turn the light on on their process. They're being fought every step of the way, in some cases, by other so-called moderate Republicans. But Arizona is doing a tremendous job, the conservative Republicans there, trying to just put it on the table. They're not not trying to reverse an election or anything. They're just trying to put the truth on the table so everybody can see it. And they're being fought every step of the way, and in some cases, as I said, by so-called Republicans, so-called moderate Republicans. When you look at what's going on in our world today, there's two basic trains of thought regarding humanity currently operating in America. One possesses a very healthy awareness of original sin. That's called a Christian worldview. It all comes down to this. It's very simple. One worldview possesses an awareness, a healthy one, of original sin. The other does not believe in sin at all, the secular worldview. Christianity believes that human behavior starts with the heart. 
The secularist says human behavior is determined by external forces like education or income or unfortunate circumstances or whatever. Christianity understands that human reason is twisted by sin, while secularism believes human reason is the path to progress. That's what's going on in our country today and in the world. It really has nothing to do with politics primarily. It has to do with as a man believeth, or a woman, in his heart. So is he. We are what we believe. And I want to talk to you a little bit about that today. It's sad, but it's true that it plays out in every part of our lives, including even the lives of the children. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, they continue to find ways to keep themselves in the news, especially her. I know, she's from North Hollywood and she used to be a movie star. I can't tell you how many movie stars are from North Hollywood. We were there in the church, in a a large church that touched thousands of people. But anyway, most recently they announced the newly born second child would be their last. I'm not opposed to family planning in the sense of, hey, honey, how many kids would you like to have? Well, I'd like to have five. Well, honey says, well, I'd like to have two. I know there are people that take a very strong position against that, and I respect that, but I believe that we must be responsible in the numbers of children that we have because we are, under God, responsible to take care of those kids and feed them and see that their needs are met and so on, and sometimes that doesn't happen. So I'm not, I mean, please understand where I'm coming from. But there is there is evidence of this belief system that I just outlined in two minutes in every part of our life normally I wouldn't care less what Harry and Meghan Markle are doing I mean I just wouldn't care I don't dislike them I just don't care what they do I don't know them and I'll never know them but they continually do things to get themselves into the media because I think she, perhaps more than he, is driving that. I don't know, but I do know they're, I mean, they're exhausting themselves chasing the media, whether it's Oprah or whoever it is. But anyway, I saw this situation, and I saw how it was used and how it played out, and I wanted to talk a little bit about that today. And as I said, normally I wouldn't really care what Harry and Meghan are doing But on World Population Day, the London-based group, it's called Population Matters. This is a big push. It started with, well, long before Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood, but she was a champion of it for years until she died in Tucson, as a matter of fact, some years ago in the 60s, I think it was. But Population Matters pushes for abortion rights, population control, whatever the means needed. They awarded this couple, Harry and Meghan, the champ the change champions award and here's why they gave them this award for choosing and publicly declaring their intention to limit their family to two and for taking this enlightened position and for affirming that a smaller family is also a happy family if you listen to the left it wouldn't be a stretch to conclude that while a child or two may be okay too many children cause damage to the culture not a responsible 
choice, as I was talking about a moment ago. Oh, no, we're talking about the culture, the climate, Mother Earth herself. If you have too many children, you're going to damage everything that's important to human sustainability. But the matter of fact is that if we reproduce ourselves as God told the human race after he created us, that is where sustainability comes from, not not having children. And our birth rate to population is in decline in America. And there are people who know that we need people here to exist and sustain as a nation are starting to express concern. I don't talk about it because I don't think what they think is that important, but it is happening. But once again, it comes down to a person's worldview. The group has also awarded five other individuals and three groups by promoting reproductive rights, defending the environment, enlightening the public. My point is, number one, is that they're bringing all of this into one little a package. How many children you and your husband or wife decide to have or have, sometimes you have one that you didn't decide to have, they just show up and say, hi, mom and dad. But they, they're putting that into the same package as defending the environment, enlightening the public, being woke, as they say, and sustaining the world. I mean, it's unbelievable. The enlightened view of life is it's full of contradictions because it isn't based on anything that's absolute or anything that is historically correct, like the Bible. Two months after Harry and Meghan's first child was born, Harry interviewed primatologist and anthropologist Jane Goodall for Vogue magazine. Now, I don't get up every morning and say, where's my copy of Vogue magazine? But I pay attention to what's in there. It's a far-left magazine, but it's widely read. In the interview, they discussed the importance and value of nurturing the environment and the climate. Goodall, as you know, is pretty famous for her work, actually living with apes and gorillas or chimpanzees, I think she calls them. I don't know. Anyway, they were monkeys, big ones and little ones. But she admitted in the interview that in recent years, she has had a transformation. Well, that caught my attention, so I thought I better read what, what is this transformation. Did she get saved? Oh, no. Uh, did she decide to be a conservative? Uh, nope. But she did have a transformation. When asked by Harry what she has learned from studying these chimpanzees, Goodall said her favorite animal is not really a primate, it's a dog. I like dogs. Here's what she said, when I went to Cambridge University, they told me I couldn't talk about chimps having personalities, minds, emotions. I should have given them numbers, not names. I had to be objective. It was my dog who taught me when I was young that they were wrong. The scientists were wrong. We changed the way science thought. You can now study animal intellect and animal emotions. The uh, honest, she said this. You, <laughs> you can study animal intellect and animal emotions. The main difference between chimps and humans is we developed a spoken language, and they didn't yet. 
So the secular progressive worldview holds that the only difference between animals and humans is that we've developed a spoken language and they haven't. But we're the same. We're soulless creatures by chance wandering around on this planet waiting to die. There's no value attached to human life. That's what's wrong in our culture today on many fronts. Goodall says it happened in 1986, her transformation. I helped to organize a conference to bring scientists together to learn about comparative chimp behavior in different environments. We had a session on conservation and on conditions in medical labs, she said, which was a total shock. I couldn't sleep after that. I went as a scientist and I left as an activist. Too many scientists have become activists for various reasons. Usually money is one of the reasons. Can you say Dr. Fauci? Money generally guides scientists into activism. That's just my observation from afar. I'm not a scientist. I never wanted to be. I probably couldn't have passed the test to be, but nonetheless, I've observed that science is so influenced by money for research and all of these things that they will, they bend generally because science is not based on absolute truth. The Bible in our earliest recorded history as science developed as a discipline, the Bible was informing science. And now science is informing the Bible because some have made science God. I don't, I'm not for a moment suggesting I don't believe in science. I believe that science can be, if it's handled properly, a gift from God. God is allowing us to discover his truth in the medical field, in other scientific fields. I mean, that's the way I look at it. It's interesting. The secular progressive worldview, though, is always contradictory to nature itself. That's why it must always be evolving, because they espouse these things, not just scientific research and their findings, but they espouse how that connects with the culture, and then they try to bend the culture to fit the science. And that's when things go really upside down. And that's what's wrong in our culture today. The examples are many. For instance, Harry and Meghan, they've been frequently criticized for their extensive travel on private jets. I mean, they're jetting all over the world. I know he's a royalty or he used to be. I don't know how all that works. I don't know. Did he used to be royalty or is he still royalty? But he's removed himself. I don't know. But anyway, we all know he's part of the monarchy in England or was or whatever. But he's always running around on private jets and he and Meghan are doing the same, and which is fine. I mean, if that's what they want to do and they're able to do that, go for it. I've sat on many crowded airline flights flying around the world in missionary evangelism that were full, wishing they were half empty. I never even wished for or prayed for a private jet in ministry, but I, I think I did pray a couple of times for a plane that was half full because setting shoulder to shoulder for 10 hours in an airplane is not exactly fun. So I understand why they take their private jet. I mean, I get that. 
But isn't that contradictory to this whole thing where they're trying to save the planet? They're not going to have any more babies because they got to save the planet. They're going to they're they're not going to you know drink with straws that are made out of paper because we've got to save the planet. And by the way, I'm I'm getting on my jet to go give a speech on saving the planet because we've got to reduce our carbon. I mean, it's so contradictory. It's so. It, it, it just doesn't fit together with common sense. Harry has repeatedly said, when asked about this, Goodall and these people don't seem to have any problem with it, but some reporters have ventured out a little bit and asked about this, and he said, well, and here's his answer just recently, but he's he spoke to this issue several times. He said, he said I must travel this way because, quote, of my unique circumstances, that's elitist, that's class, my unique circumstances and, quote, private jet travel across the globe is essential to ensure that my family are safe. I get that. There have been times when I would like to have been flying on a private jet for those reasons and many more. But there's such hypocrisy in the worldview, the secular worldview. Climate czar John Kerry, he jets all over the world in a private jet for the government to save the planet. It's important. He's asked that often by by reporters, I mean conservative ones, and there aren't many of them, but they, they keep asking him. He says, no, he says that, that my work is so important, he said recently, that I have to travel this way. <laughs> so does Bill Gates and every other left-wing elitist, wealthy or not. They see the world through their own self-importance, and much of what they do involves virtue signaling. Do as I say, not as I do. While Population Matters says family size should never be regulated, as in China, they say high-consuming countries tend to have bigger families, therefore they have a disproportionate negative effect on our planet. They are the guilty people that are in the prosperous countries they tend to have larger families, so they are the ones that are destroying the planet. A biblical worldview, it doesn't begin with me. It begins with thee. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The biblical worldview begins with God himself and his plan for mankind to replenish the earth and take dominion over all the creation, not to worship it. The size of one's family must always be a responsible, prayerful decision between a husband and a wife. But this kind of secularism that we're talking about today, this sort of a worldview that is not based on biblical truth, has crept into the church. Only one in ten professing Christians in polls today say they reject secularism as a worldview, yet 10% consistently agree with statements made by the secular worldview, not the Christian worldview. Generally, about 30% of Christians affirm at least one secular statement regarding their worldview. They buy into postmodernism. Barna has found that again and again in his surveys. They're even buying into parts of Marxism. 11% consistently agree with this statement. Private property encourages greed and envy. That statement is a supporting statement of Marxism. 
My point today, and I'm out of time, let the Bible be your guide, not secular wisdom and the cultural voice. Thanks for being with me today. Thank you for your support. We need it. I'll see you right here tomorrow.